And now let's take a look at the screen as we continue to see some Holy Spirit testimonies through Ethan Peterson today. Hi, my name is Ethan Peterson. I am currently a senior at Eastlake High School, and I'm just going to be telling you guys a little bit about my relationship with the Spirit throughout this journey the last four years. So throughout high school, it was it was an interesting experience. Like I'm sure as any student around the plateau knows, there's a lot of academic and athletic pressure put on you. And I feel like throughout the first few years at Eastlake, my relationship with the Spirit and just the Lord, it kind of deteriorated a little bit. I feel like I was more focused on academics and athletics and that like studying and running for me took almost all my time. But I feel like junior year, there was a bit of a switch. I kind of like took a step out of that and just started praying more, started reading the Bible more. And that really helped improve my relationship. I felt like I was actually talking to God instead of and making time out of my day to do that instead of just trying to fit it in like with everything else I was doing. I guess the culminating event of this and like my improved relationship with the Spirit was kind of my college search, honestly. So I've been blessed enough by the Lord to have the talent to have the opportunity to run in college. So I was kind of split because throughout all of high school, like my dream was to run for the UW. That was like, my dad went there. I just like loved the coach and like it was a really successful team. But anyway, I get through my junior track season and then we're in the summer and my mom, she pulls me aside. She's like, Ethan, you should really reach out to some Christian colleges. And so I reached out to like a bunch of them, just not thinking anything of it, to be honest. Like I had my mindset on UW, right? And through that process, one of those schools ended up being Liberty University out in Virginia. And like I said, I didn't really think anything of it, but the coach ended up calling me and it was amazing. It was a difference in coaching I haven't seen before just having a Christian coach and really a man of Christ. He just reached out to me and we ended up talking more and eventually he like brought me all the way up to Virginia, which I'm very blessed with because that was a huge step in his faith because I'm not like the fastest person in the world, I should say. So to have him reach out and bring me all the way across the country was extremely cool. I started talking to him and then like in the back of my mind, I think when I was like praying, I, I hear the spirit telling me like, <laughs> Maybe you should like, you know, go check this out more, like actually consider it. So when I went on my visit, it was, it was kind of like my brain exploded. Like I was on the UW campus and like, I know some of the guys on the team and like the difference I saw between UW and Liberty was insane. Just having all men of Christ around me and just uplifting me. And I realized it was people there that would just improve my relationship with the spirit more. And anyways, actually, on Wednesday, I ended up officially committing to Liberty. So that was a huge step, I feel like, in my faith, because like, the spirit took me from like, you know, I had my own plan in my heart for UW, but I feel like the spirit grabbed me and really led me to Liberty. And since my commitment, I feel like it's, I don't have any doubts just because I know it's in the Lord's plan. So it's an extremely, extremely cool experience to just see my relationship improving. Like, I'm a, I'm a homebody, like, I don't know, not a homebody, I should say, but I, like, love my family so much. And being all the way across the country is going to be, it was a little bit daunting to try to wrap my head around that. But I know it's a, just another challenge the Spirit's going to help me face. So, yeah, that's my story, I guess, for high school. <laughs> Thank you.
We uh, share stories because we believe our stories help one another find and follow Jesus. Um, and we hope in that you have, as you've heard stories, as you shared one another's stories with each other, we hope that that is leading you towards Jesus. That is what discipleship looks like, as we share our stories with one another and how we are all together seeking to follow Jesus. And so... Um, this week, really, in our Holy Spirit series, as we've been talking about what does it look like to have a relationship with the series, or the Spirit, what it looks like to be led by the Spirit, this one, uh, the next two weeks, really takes a hard shift. It really takes a hard shift because we're talking about what does it look like to open ourselves to the Spirit, to listen, to hear, to discern. But really, this next two weeks is where the rubber meets the road. This is where you put your money where your mouth is. Um, this is where you sink or swim. This is what it looks like to say um, the proof is in the pudding. Um, we talked a lot about what the Spirit looks like, what it means to open up the Spirit, but this is what it looks like if we jump forward and say, hey, how do you know what it looks like to live connected to the Holy Spirit, what it actually looks like to find and follow Jesus and be connected to the Spirit? Well, these next two weeks, this is what it looks like. And so I think this is a great opportunity because sometimes uh, as a church, we just say this idealized version of what it looks like from series to series to have relationships or whatever. But here in the next two weeks, this is going to be a, a handlebars on our faith. Because when we want to talk about the litmus test for our um, faith today is we say we want to walk with the Spirit means we need to bear fruit. Bearing fruit is what it means to be walking with the Spirit. Walking with the Spirit and bearing fruit. So if you want to join with me uh, this uh, morning, uh, turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Um, we're going to be reading um, the, the classics, uh, Fruits of the Spirit. We're actually open ourselves up to a little bit before and after. We're going to kind of talk about some context of what uh, it means to be filled with the Spirit and to have the fruit of the Spirit be with us. So uh, turn to Galatians chapter 5, uh, starting in verse fifth, uh, 16. It says this, So I say, walk by the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are, so you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, but, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. 
Church, I have um, a little confession uh, to make, a pastoral confession. And I do these often because one of the things that I, I, growing up in the church, what I want to not hear a narrative of is that the pastor and maybe the staff, but I'm only speaking for uh, me as the pastor today, is that we have this all right. This week, preparing for this, this message, preparing for this sermon, this teaching, was probably one of the hardest things. Because if you ever experienced like faith where you're studying something, or you've been in scripture, or scripture comes to mind, and then all week the Lord is like, hey, let me give you opportunity after opportunity to live this out. And after day, after day, after day, like towards the end of the week, you know what my confession was to Jesus? Stop. Just Stop. Because Jesus, if you know my family, if y'all know my family, uh, we don't have to live this out. Because like everything in my family is serene. We have three kids who act just great. They never have a problem. Come home and are perfect. Our marriage is perfect. We don't fight. We go to bed. It's like roses. We all sleep perfectly eight hours. Everything is great. Y'all are laughing because you know my family. And you know what marriage looks like. It is absolutely, every day I failed. Every day. Every day I failed at this. Like this teaching, every day. I could have just said Jesus. I was like, or I wanted to say if Mark, Nancy, uh, Becca, somebody else preached this. Because this was too hard, too close. Because I think what we realize is that, and what I realized this week is that, um, that following the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, is there's that tension that you live in. Always between the flesh and the fruit. There's a, a palpable tension between the flesh and the fruit because in, in, in Paul, he talks about it right there in, in verse 17. He says this, right? He says, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. There is that tension, right? Before we get to this beautiful part of the fruit of the spirit where it's like, oh, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, God, like all that good stuff. Paul says like there is this constant tension that you face and I hope you know it because unless, like if you, if you don't know the tension, please come up here and preach this because I'm, I'm not. It's not going to be this beautiful sermon that you're waiting for about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Like no, like there's this tension always of like in my house, with my kids, in my marriage, in friendships, in family, there's this tension that pulls always between walking with the spirit and the flesh. Can I tell you how many times this week I, sp- I, I, I chose selfishness? How many times I, fo- I, I, I chose fits of anger? How many times I chose factions in family members? How many times I chose something that is contrary, discord, that I chose these things over the fruit. The tension comes every minute, every hour, every day, every week, every year. I feel this tension, and as your pastor, I want to tell you this, it's not a pretty thing. Hang out with me a little bit more. It's not pretty. It's hard. And I hope that you probably feel the same way so that we're in this together. Like we talk a lot about togetherness. Like it is hard. I want to just admit to you right now that I chose often the flesh this week than I more chose the fruit. So if you feel like that, you're in good company. Because we're in this together. 
I know you're like, wow, awesome. You just like started this off really terribly. But here's the beautiful part. (laughs) Here's the beautiful part. I chose the flesh all the time. I choose it all the time this week. I'm just going to speak for this week. This week, in preparation for this, I can think of, close my eyes and think of a hundred times that I chose myself over the fruits of the Spirit. But this is what was so much beautiful about this, is that opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, the Lord did this wonderful thing. And what I call it is the essence of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is he called it a, I call it a beautiful exchange. That walking in step with the Spirit was to see this beautiful exchange from flesh to fruit. That an opportunity came every day to see reconciled, to see restoration, to see reunification, to see the fruits of the Spirit come bearing out of my life. Not because I chose it, but because I looked at myself, I paused, and I said— it. it more than just at nine, at two, and at nine, it's to say, Spirit, I'm choosing something that is contrary to you often. And I need your help. And that's what I love about this, is because in setting up this part of what the flesh looks like, and it says all, more, there was more options that were written by Paul that were f- f- flesh, like flesh, sins of the flesh, than there were fruits of the Spirit. But, Paul says. In verse 22, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit are these. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience as we like to hear it, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is the beautiful exchange. And this is why the gospel of Jesus Christ is something that is uniquely different that we believe in than anything else. It's because our inclination, my desires, my heart, my heart is a wicked thing. The scripture says our hearts are wicked things. They're prone to wickedness. But when the, when we find and follow Jesus, when we move towards him and say, spirit, I am choosing the flesh often, often, he said, but, but, where you often choose flesh, you open your space to walking with the Spirit, and I start to bear fruit in you that is peace, that's patience. And this is what is the good news about the gospel, because my inclination and my willingness to choose the flesh is that when I give myself over to Jesus Christ, when I give myself over to the power of the Spirit, it's this beautiful exchange is that when I want to have the inclination to selfishness, to um, fits of anger and rage, when I want to, the Spirit comes in and says, but. And this beautiful exchange has. When somebody cuts me off and I just want to, and the Spirit goes, peace, patience. And you just go, Come on in. Because the person wanted into the last minute. But, right? When my kid comes up to me and is like, daddy, 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 and I hear, you know, fits and fights and hurts and pains, and I want to just be like, if I could just wrangle you and get you to do it. But the Spirit comes and speaks and moves in my heart and softens it to say, have patience. Be gentle with your kids. Be gentle with your spouse. Have self-control. The beautiful exchange happens not because I have theologically worked it out in my head and convinced myself 
that the fruit of the spirits are better? Or that I thought that I'm good enough to work through what needs to happen in order to bear the fruit of the Spirit on my own. To produce myself love, joy, peace, patience. Because when I'm trying to do it, when you're trying to bear the fruit on yourself, there's always something, and Mark talked about it a while ago, is there's this little deceitness that's in the depth of my heart is patience so that I can get something. Love so that you will now have to do something in return. But when the Spirit moves, when the Spirit moves from my inclination from the flesh to the fruit, it comes into being patient, kindness, goodness, not for my sake, but so they can see that God is at work in me this day. This is why even in my house and even in my friendships, and I hope with you, is to say that it's not that Austin has done enough schooling, enough work, enough counseling, enough spiritual direction, enough this, that, in order to be one who is bearing fruit of the Spirit. It's to say, no, that Austin often, as we get closer to ourselves, as far as we get closer to them, it's not that all of a sudden they are just better at doing but they're better at being with Christ. They're better at walking with the Spirit because they, we know that their inclination is to fits of rage, of deceit, of selfishness. But something happens when their normal inclination then moves to fruits of the Spirit because they're in walking with someone that is different. Then it gets glory to Christ, glory to God. And this is the beautiful exchange, not that it is uh, something that you get honor and glory for, but when people come close and say, "My, no, how come you didn't react the same way I would? And your only answer is Jesus. That's why sometimes the Sunday school answer is really good. He said, I have no idea. I want to wrangle that person. I want to cut them back off and give them uh, uh, an appendage that shouldn't be shown at all times. But why didn't you? I have no idea other than Jesus. But church, it can't stop there. It can't stop there. Because Paul doesn't end with the fruits of the Spirit, I love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. What does Paul end with? And if he ends with something else, and if God ends with something, it needs to be a word for us today. You got to put it to death. To walk in step with the Spirit means to put to death the flesh in your life. Verse 24 says it this way. That after he goes through the fruits of the Spirit. So those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Just as we talked about last week, we talked about discerning the Spirit, discerning the voice of your own and the evil ones. And we talked about the evil ones. We said, when you hear the evil one and it's a word of shame, run. Friends, following Jesus and following and walking up of the Spirit is about putting death to the flesh. 
and its desires within you. I can't think of something that's so important right now than this moment. That to say, friends, this beautiful exchange that happens between the, what our desires of the flesh are and, the, and, and that the Spirit does in us and the work in us through Jesus Christ is that when we say that, when Paul says at the end, he's got, you've got to put this to death because when you put it to death, you know, he says crucify, it means that it's no longer living in your life, that it's no longer an option that you're willing to work out, that how many of us as followers of Jesus, and I'm not just talking about right now, that even I grew up in the church, that the option of choosing between the flesh and the fruit is a real option in your life. But to put it to death, to crucify it, to mean it no longer is an option of what you can choose. That you say, no, I, it's not because I can choose to work it out myself. But to say, I don't want to even have the option of that in my life. And so I'm going to put it to death through Jesus Christ. And then I'm going to say that because I don't just want the option of that. I want Jesus. I want the Spirit. How many of us in our lives... Do we live in a way that we can fix our own problems if we work hard at it or throw enough resources at it? And as Christians, to say, I know that my normal desire and the desire of my heart is the things of the flesh, the things that separate me. But if I just work hard enough, if I just read my Bible enough, if I just pray enough, if I just go to church enough, if I'm just a part of groups enough, if I'm just in mentorship enough, if I am in accountability enough, then I will be able to live in the fruits. We live like this so many times, is that the option exists, but we are so good at fixing the problem ourselves that we do this in our Christian life. That we still allow the, 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 the sins of the flesh to exist because we actually believe we don't need Jesus to crucify the flesh because we can actually do, we don't need to bother Jesus with it because we're good enough, we're smart enough, we're resourced enough, we're gifted enough to do the job ourselves. your pastor. I can't do it. Every day this week. I was like, I'm going to do better. How many of your Christian life have walked up and said, I'm going to do better today. I'm going to do better. Well, you just messed up. The fruits of the spirits aren't that you're good enough to figure out how to do that. The first step is to say, Jesus, bury it. In the same way that you took all the sins of the entire world, of all existence, and you took them on yourself, and you, and you put them to death so that I could have the life that comes out of your reconciliation, your redemption, your death and resurrection, that I could have that life, Jesus put my flesh to death. That we wake up every morning not convincing ourselves that we can do better if we read our Bible. If we call Austin and say, hey, could you pray for me today? It's going to be a little hard day at work or at home. I'd love to pray for you. What I'm going to tell you is, I'll pray for you, but you're going to the wrong person. If you haven't woken up this morning and said, Jesus, 
Without you, I'm going to mess everything up. Jesus, if you're asking me if I'm going to choose you or choose the ways of this world, and if I'm honest, I'm not choosing you. So God, let's do this work right now. That before my feet hit the floor, Jesus, would you crucify the desire of my heart towards the flesh so that I walk, I walk just with you, not with an option to get off and go somewhere else, but it's just you. You're my only option. You're the only one that can do this work. I have no power to, to put this to death in my own life. It's only you. Church, how many of us need to pray that prayer? How many of us need to change our understanding of this relationship with Jesus is not how much more you can do to look like Jesus, but how much more you can give yourself over to the truth that Jesus has already won the battle that you're fighting. Jesus doesn't need you to save yourself. He needs you to come to the cross and say, I can't do this. I never will be able to. But you always have been able, and you always will be able. Can you do it for me? Can you do it for me? This is the good news of Jesus Christ. That who, through the power of the Holy Spirit, when we walk in step with him. It's not that you have a good ability, but you have the creator of the entire world who you are in relationship with, who has already won the battle. That's the one that's doing the work. Maybe we just need to stop trying so hard. Maybe we need to put ourselves second where we always are supposed to be. Let Jesus do the work that he has been desiring to do, but we have been just so consumed by our abilities. And say, I am nothing without you. Whatever I believe that I have as some sort of value is nothing compared to what I have in you. Church, the good news of Jesus Christ is you don't have to do it. He's already done it for you. And all you have to do is lay at his feet, listen to the Spirit, and walk. Pray with me. Spirit, right now, I just want to offer the invitation to all of us, to myself included.
to say right now, Jesus, I don't want the flesh today. That I need to lay down my desires at your feet. I need to lay my heart there. Because I want you and you only. God, that I've tried so hard to be a good disciple, but my trying has gotten in the way of you, and it doesn't work. So, Jesus, come. Take the desire, the temptation, the options of the flesh, and crucify it in my life. In spirit, offer us the beautiful exchange, a heart of wickedness for the heart of Christ. The same one that you offered us on the cross, our sin for life. Jesus, we can't do this on our own. We were never meant to. It's always been you, Lord. It's always been you. So I repent of the times that I have come trying to do it myself. That we'll never be able to win the battle. But you have. You've already won it. You've had the the last word. Now have the first word in my life. I ask this in your name. Amen.